Hey everyone, welcome to the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast. Each week on the show, we talk golf at a high level. Whether it be short game, putting, ball striking, and biomechanics, mental game, nutrition, or your favorite players, we cover it. Some weeks we will have guests on, either high level players or coaches, and other weeks we will break down important parts of building a high level of performance on and off the golf course. For context, Lancaster Golf Performance comes from a deep family history of amateur, NCAA, and professional golf experience. We are comprised of three brothers, two of us made it to the NCAA Division I, while one still pursues the game to the highest level, and the other is a certified swing biomechanist with Scott Cokes, and a certified health and nutrition practitioner with the Paul Check Institute. We have been lucky to be trained by PGA Tour coaches, and it's our goal to get all of our students to achieve their highest potential. If you want to get in touch with us, have a discussion, a free consult, or work with us exclusively, message us on Instagram at Lancaster Golf Performance or at LancasterGolfPerformance.com. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we do hosting it. Let's get started. Hey everyone, a little message before we get started. We have a special guest on the podcast this week. His name is Alex Ward, our dear friend. He is a entrepreneur out of Hamilton, Ontario, a strength and conditioning coach and has an awesome uh, fitness page. He also works out of the Hamilton Fitness Academy. If you want to look up his Instagram, it's Alex D. Ward. That's A-L-E-X-D-W-A-R-D at Alex D. Ward. And he has a lot of great pieces on just getting your body in optimal physical shape which is something as golfers we sometimes can put to the side. But if you do want to be a high-level modern golfer these days, fitness and nutrition will absolutely be a big part of it. This podcast as well was shot last year. So it was at a time where Cam was working on his Paul Check certification and wanting to be a health coach before we started to kind of mold our academy together. So it is centrally talking about fitness and nutrition and then our relationship Um, And really, too, I think it's just a great lesson to understand how important friends are, not just from golf, but from different disciplines to complement your lifestyle and also to your game. So this is a great chat. It went about 40 minutes long. Take what you can from it and let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the First Night Experience. My name is Cam Lancaster. I'm very excited to share this podcast this week. I have my dear friend on, Alex Ward, strength coach out of Hamilton, Ontario. And this week we are going to talk about all things strength training. Thanks so much for coming over, dude. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here, my man. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so for those who don't know Alex, uh, Alex is a longtime friend of mine. Or actually, our parents go back to about... Way back. Way back, yeah. Way, way back. Back in the old university days before we were even there. It's I insane. know. I think our, our mom, your mom and my dad met in college. Yes. That's how far we go back. So a lot of bloodlines. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of want to start off with um, like the one thing that fascinates me about you that we kind of have in common is our sort of transformation we had mm-hmm. in high school and then in the last probably, you know, five to six years. So I'm just curious, like, what was the motivation for kind of going through that transformation with your body? You know what, it's it's one of those things where I think when people find something they love so much, they always think of like one big moment. And mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't really that. I think um, 
I started going to the gym with one of my best friends back in the day in high school, the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things. He asked me one day, hey, do you want to go to the gym in the morning with me before school? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never really been to the gym before. Mm-hmm. Don't really know much about training. Don't know much about exercise in all aspects, cardio, strength, anything. And I think, I think just those kind of constant sessions with one of my best friends was something that I really enjoyed. And I enjoyed just us getting slowly better session by session. Yeah. And for me, that kind of like just started, that was like kind of the bug that bit me in terms of fitness. It was seeing gains and no matter if it was like a little bit of cardio or I remember one time I leg pressed like three plates. And for me, that was a huge thing because yeah. I was kind of just like always a scrawny kind of small. Yeah, you were a smaller kid. guy for sure. Very yeah. small. Mm-hmm. Man, I was like a hundred. Opposite of me. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I was chubby kid all the way up to grade eight and then yeah. I hit like a mini growth spurt mm-hmm. and I think I was 115 pounds in grade nine at wow five foot. 115 soaking wet <laughs> yes dude oh at maybe yeah <laughs> I, was, I was an absolute pipe cleaner yeah I was just a small guy so I think the little performance gains and seeing the changes in my body was mm-hmm. something pretty crazy to me but I think one of the big things was it was a bit of an intimidation going to the gym and I think the Definitely. YMCA somewhere where you have people of kind of all different training backgrounds it's not necessarily like a bodybuilding gym yeah i think that was pretty huge for me it was something that kind of like just let me dip my toe in the water of fitness mm-hmm. you were seeing normal people kind of get into the gym and exactly yeah people my age and yeah. i think working with somebody my age like my best friend rocco was mm-hmm. something uh that kind of just made it a lot easier for that transition yeah. i think for a lot of people it's tough to go into the gym by themselves because there's so many different people there and you almost feel like everybody's watching you at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally understand that for why people are kind of adherent to jump into fitness. But for me, it was one of my good friends that kind of just started that journey. Yeah. So now your friend, was he like pretty heavily into it before? Or was he kind of curious like you wanted so, to get into it? So my friend, do you remember Bruno Bombardieri at uh, BT? He was one of the Oh yeah, I remember teachers. him. Yeah, so that's Mr. Bombardieri. Yeah. yeah, so his <laughs> nephew is, is Rocco. So oh, okay. One of my really good friends and his uncle is a huge guy, super into working out. Yeah. And he kind of taught little things to Rocco who kind of gave that on to me. Mm-hmm. And so Rocco was always that's one funny of the... funny man, yeah. Isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But Rocco kind of, um, he always had those little tips that he would give me here and there and he obviously knew a lot about fitness. Mm-hmm. I would say probably more than anybody in our kind of uh, grade in around grade 11 grade 12 ish so it was it was good to have a guy like that there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of um like uh just like it's a very intimidating environment to get in any gym really right Mm -hmm. like um i kind of have a similar a little bit of a similar feel because i was on the opposite end of the spectrum where i was very overweight Mm -hmm. growing up right like um you know probably probably 240 pounds at five foot seven Mm -hmm. five foot eight right so i really struggled with my weight and it took me someone who took me under my wing to really feel comfortable to actually go into that environment right so that's pretty interesting um so i guess like in saying that like um if you like you're you're taking on a lot of probably new clients right now they're getting into fitness right like Mm -hmm. you you work with people who are kind of sparking like they're just sparking their interest absolutely you know what it's it's taking people from all different aspects Mm -hmm. and my time at university my time at brock kind of prepared me for that i was able to work with like so many different groups of people Mm -hmm. i um actually did one internship kind of working with people's spinal cord injuries. Okay. That was an incredible experience, you know, like it's working with such a specialized population. Yeah. And when it comes to people's spinal cord injuries, I worked with one guy, uh, I forget his name right now, but war veteran from Afghanistan got like his knees blown off. Oh, wow. Paraplegic since then. And it was, it was something like that, but just put into perspective how different everybody is and how it doesn't really matter what you've gone through. You still can train and you just need that kind of push. Yeah. No matter if it's a friend, 
mm-hmm. you and me or somebody taking you under your wing. So working with any different population and, and the kind of the specialized clients that I have now is, is great because it kind of gives me the opportunity just to train in all different aspects. For people that want to lose weight, mm-hmm. I work with a dentist every morning who just wants to put on a little bit of size. Mm-hmm. I work with a police officer every other morning who just is getting back from an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's the ability to work with people of all different populations and I love that. I love that. It's, it's really nice. It lets me kind of expand my talents and learn new things from every person. Cause I think that's the big thing. Everybody is different. And yeah, yeah. There's uh, no, there's no one like solution that fits. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not everybody can follow the one tip on Instagram, right? Like, and yeah. and, mm-hmm. and expect the same result as somebody else that does it. So yeah, that's just fitness. I guess. So does that does it ever um, frustrate you uh, seeing like people on Instagram, personal trainers per se? Like I see it quite a bit where they're selling that kind of like a thousand dollar you know program like kettlebell program or something that everyone can take on and do it from home mm-hmm. like does that kind of frustrate you in a way because like for me i think like if someone's getting into fitness and they buy like a, a large program and then do it from home it's really risking a lot of injury and and kind of like getting demotivated to not want to go in that direction mm-hmm. i totally understand that yeah. it's everybody has their hustle like i, I get it if yeah. you're trying to make money um but it's kind of just remaining thoughtful of everything you see online mm-hmm. especially when it comes to fitness because it's kind of that industry where there are so many attributes of fitness and there are so many aspects of of training that people can manipulate and i think a lot of the time like people are almost selling programs based on just the aesthetics and i think like yeah. when you're chasing aesthetics it's it's one of those things where it's not going to lead you down the path you almost want to you know you can't mm-hmm. do bodybuilding straight for years on years on years and expect results so if you buy a program that is just bodybuilding, $1,000, some sort of kettlebell workout, yeah, it's all about that variance in training. You need to have a training program that is everywhere and kind of covers every single base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so for people that are selling like those big training programs online, mm-hmm. more power to you. But for the people that are buying them, you got to do your research and yeah, you got to understand definitely. actually what this training program is doing for you, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. So. Um, one thing I'm curious to kind of backpedal on with your story, because I think real people will always really connect with this story more than like, you know, your four hot tips that you can mm-hmm. give someone, right? Like what was the difference in your mindset? Like pre Alex who like before your transformation and then where you're at now, or even when you kind of like, did you have that kind of for me? Cause when I did all my weight loss journey, like I lost 60 pounds, six months, it, it, it actually, I felt like a different person, right? Like I was totally flipped. Mm-hmm. And did you have that mentality shift in your life? I absolutely did. I think it was all about confidence. And mm-hmm. I think um, being able to change myself, whether it be kind of improving my athleticism, improving my kind of aesthetics and looking a little bit better and feeling better about myself, for me to be able to kind of change myself like that, it was huge. It kind of thought to me like, wow, if I could do this, if I could put the effort into the gym and kind of make those gains, then mm-hmm. I could really do anything. And yeah. I think um, one of the craziest things was kind of falling in love with fitness and falling in love with the body, kind of attributed to my love of science and biology and stuff like that. Yeah. And I kind of molded those together when it comes to kinesiology. So mm-hmm. I remember thinking about applying to universities back in summer of grade 11, maybe, okay. around then, mm-hmm. and thinking, like, what am I going to do? Like, what is my passion? What is my goal? And I realized, you know, I love going to the gym, I love fitness, and mm-hmm. I love just learning about the body and how you could change it in different ways. So kind of being able to embrace a degree like that was a huge thing for me. And it was all started because of that mind shift, mm-hmm. because of that kind of confidence boost I got from being able to change myself. So, 
It's amazing you make, like, I mean, to have the awareness at that age to want to um, go into something that you actually love to do. Like, it's, it's, uh, that's pretty admirable because a lot of kids go into university and they're, um, they wanted, you know, there's that, that like, oh, I'm going to get into business because that's the logical thing to do. But you kind of just chase what your passion was, right? For sure. And, and to go back to, I think, and this is something that people can really relate to is you need a connection to the reason why you're going to the gym, why you're trying to get healthy, right? And, um, I think that's something that is really, um, important and for, for people to think about is that, uh, you need an overarching purpose as to why you're going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever, um, seen people where they maybe don't have that connection and then they don't stay motivated mm -hmm. to keep doing it? A lot of the time, those people, I think it's, it's almost like they're just riding a bike that's going nowhere. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just kind of that cyclical program where it's, if you don't really have that kind of end goal or you're not kind of making short-term goals and then kind of progressing towards long-term goals, it's really hard to get stuff started. Mm -hmm. And you almost always need a bit of direction in some way, whether it comes from kind of like an outside source, like a friend or something like that, or mm -hmm. a program you're following. You need to kind of understand where you're going because just going to the gym every single day, it's great for your health. It's mm -hmm. awesome that you're doing it, but if you really want to excel, mm -hmm. you need to you need to plan. You need to be organized. And yeah. I think I think organization is one of the most important things for fitness. That's when I started making like my biggest gains in strength, in nutrition, and just in overall body health. Mm -hmm. Because I think organizing your programs and under organizing the way you train is it's so huge. Mm -hmm. It's so huge if you understand what you're actually doing to your body every day and what you're trying to kind of excel towards. That's how the biggest gains are made in fitness for me. Interesting. So with organization, like, so how would you say I'm someone coming to you? I've never, never been in fitness before. Mm -hmm. Curious about it. I want to, you know, th this person wants to lose weight. How do you start organizing them? Like giving them sort of that system that's tailored to them? For sure. So at HFA, we actually go really deep into like the consultation pro process. Okay. So we basically have like a two hour meeting with a client at the beginning of the session. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of talking about their previous exercise history where they're at now, and what they want to excel towards. Okay. It kind of gives us like three building blocks of kind of understanding where they've been for fitness. If there's past athletics that they want to get towards. Is there things in the past that have maybe caused injuries, imbalances, asymmetries that mm -hmm. we want to correct? Yeah. And kind of their goals towards the future. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you understand where someone's kind of mindset is every single time they come to the gym and what they're working towards, you can kind of like almost inject those attributes into the program design. Mm -hmm. And... If you're working with somebody that's trying to lose weight, best thing you can kind of talk about is, okay, we're going to clear these asymmetries away. We're going to work on fixing your body's imbalances mm -hmm. because then we get your body to move right. You move right. Well, we could do any exercise possible, which means we could work towards fat loss and we can do the exercises that work. Mm -hmm. So it's really just about understanding the client and understanding that everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, that was the very important. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I definitely and, agree with that. I was curious to see where your mentality sure. was at on that because uh, I... I always like to, like I go to Good Life Fitness, uh, for those who don't know, it's a, uh, like a large chain in Canada, a large like big box gym type the thing, yeah. and the biggest, yeah, they're the big boys on the block, and I always kind of glance over at the trainers, and some of them are very expert level of what they do, but then I always like to look at the new trainers, and to me it seems like there's programs that are being prescribed where, you know, someone might be uh, like in, in, in rough shape and they're like, they're 50 pounds overweight and they're already in their first session deadlifting, which mm -hmm. is like a little bit of a scary thing to mm -hmm. see that that's out there, right? Oh, Where sure. they should maybe be on a stretching protocol to get themselves, um, you know, just ready to be able to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's cool that you're kind of going down that right, uh, going down that way. So I guess in saying that, like, uh, 
what's been the biggest thing you've learned about um, just your, your overall training since you've been in HFA? I think the importance of a foundation has okay. been the biggest thing. I think um, one of my first times at HFA, I was working with my boss, Jay Piaski, kind of owns the gym. Okay. Great guy. Mm -hmm. um, and he's been in the kind of fitness industry for, I think, about 20 years now at this point. Mm -hmm. One of the head Good Life trainers. Okay. The Actually, the number one trainer in the province. Wow. In terms of sales. And incredible guy that opened his own gym. And mm -hmm. he kind of ran me through the consultation progress or process as if I was a client. So he kind of talked about my own exercise history. And he kind of showed me the value of why you need a good foundation. He kind of went over a lot of different um, kind of stretches and things to kind of assess my body's own asymmetries. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized, oh, the kind of programming I was doing at the moment was, again, it was like I was riding the bike going nowhere. Yeah. Cyclical. I wasn't really progressing towards greatness and wanting to switch up my training style. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I started incorporating a lot of different stretching elements, I just kind of was able really to mobilize all my muscles and, and understand how to like chain certain muscles together to, it's, it's crazy to talk about. And it's, it's hard to think that, um, my training style used to be so different, but it was really just kind of almost going back to the basics mm -hmm. and understanding where I was at and kind of working towards stretching out my muscles that were super, super tight that I didn't even realize were tight and yeah. were holding me back from other exercises. Um, cool. For example, like the traps and a lot of people are extremely, extremely tight. Yeah. Because we wear backpacks every day. We kind of sit in slouch forward positions. Yeah. And as a result, everyone's almost internally rotated. Mm -hmm. Just like kind of that round exactly. shoulder. Yeah. Exactly. Those mm -hmm. kind of dupe shoulders where everyone's walking You're making around. me want to set up a better posture. Exactly. Right that. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it was those little things just realizing about my own body and about other people's postures and their own bodies that realized, okay, the foundation is the number one thing. You mm -hmm. need a good foundation. You know, you're not going to... You're not going to build a house on a crooked foundation, right? No, you're not. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of like those, I was in uh, California last year in San Diego and I saw those like cliff houses. Mm -hmm. So we were, um, we were out like in the, in the bay and we were looking up at these houses that are just on these little stilts. Right. And if one, if one like, you know, big natural disaster happens that, exactly. that I always relate to that in terms of our bodies, right? Like if Absolutely. there's, um, a natural kind of a, a disaster that could happen in your body, for instance, um, you know, you're, say you're moving, right. And, and, uh, you have to pick up a bunch of heavy boxes and you haven't done a bunch of heavy lifting in a long time and someone could really throw their back out and that could alter the next 10 to 15 years of their life Absolutely. because they're dealing with an injury because they haven't prepared to actually lift for sure, man. Right. So it's those kind of specific acute causes like that. Yeah. Like that is one thing that could just happen. You could have one lift that just takes you out for a long time. Yeah. Or it's the kind of chronic injuries. And I feel like over time, this is kind of one of the biggest issues. For a lot of people, it's the kind of repetitive movements that everyone does every day that are a bit off, that you're not using your full body's potential that do add up. And mm. it's people that I see that are reaching overheads and they're extending at their spine. They're not keeping everything tight. And it's, it's these kind of movement patterns that you can do over and over and over, but one day it'll be like the last movement pattern you do. Yeah. This kind mm -hmm. of design, because it'll be the one that kind of takes you out and it's kind of reprogramming, reprogramming our bodies to move right. Yeah, I think it's such a big thing. That's cool, man. Wow. I mean, that's exactly what the Czech Institute preaches. Yeah. Uh, that that's like kind of directly the like when I so for instance, two, uh, about a year and a half ago when I started to get um, sort of my body back into really good shape mm -hmm. um, after I had run my business for a few years, I stretched for four straight months without doing anything, and I was so bored doing it the whole time. And I hated doing it, but I actually lost weight as I was stretching because like the, my body's imbalances started like 
to recorrect itself, right? And I I stopped squatting. I think I squatted about maybe for four years straight. Yeah. Let's say like maybe a couple times a week, mm-hmm. maybe tw- twice a week, just heavy back squats. Yeah. Back back in my powerlifting days, I'd reach squats of like four hundred and fifty five pounds. And yeah. I was like nineteen. I mm-hmm. think I hit that. And thinking back, when you're young, you're able to do a lot of things to your body that you can't do when you're older. Yeah. And even just getting a little bit older, I started to notice those kind of imbalances start to pile up. And I stopped squatting for about, let's say, three months mm-hmm. this past year and stretched every single day, cleared the how many, yeah, like How many, um, how long, uh, like a day were you stretching? You know, it, it was one of those periods where I think I almost dived too fast into that kind of pool where I realized I was stretching almost too much. And yeah. I, was, I was too focused on my imbalances. Maybe loosening too much? Like, it kind could, of like creating another imbalance? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're trying to kind of hit one imbalance, but you don't realize that the strengthening work is still important. You still got to yeah. remain strong everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think I was stretching every single day. I, I don't even know how many hours. Just trying to fix this one movement pattern. And I think taking a step back and realizing that not everybody's going to be perfect. Not everybody's going to be com- completely symmetrical mm-hmm. was kind of a big thing for me in understanding that I'm not going to be able to correct every single thing to make it 100% the most perfect movement pattern ever, but it's working towards those small gains every day. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it really is that the progress you almost don't see, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and then, you know, lo and behold, you go three weeks, four weeks down the line and, and your your physique has changed, right? Like, I've, I noticed that actually with um, fasting, but just to kind of backtrack for a second and, and something that I wanted to ask you about is that there's so much out there right now that's in in terms of like uh like recovery that that seems to be sexy right like uh kinetic tape is something for example cbd is another thing i think cbd has its amazing purposes but i think people are looking to in a way mask like have a product that can help them with an imbalance right like a sore neck i'll just rub cbd on it you're good to go or kinetic tape with a sore knee and just throw it on there as opposed to actually doing the work to correct that knee that might be out of alignment right and that's something that I'm curious to get your thoughts on if you see that a lot. For sure. I think um, everyone likes to go at the cause or go at the kind of almost end effect. Like if your knee's hurting, you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get some sort of knee surgery. I have to get my knee checked out right away. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe rub CBD oil around that that uh, that knee and try to clear that inflammation up. But mm-hmm. you don't realize what's causing that kind of knee soreness in the first place it's maybe running badly, not walking correctly. Mm-hmm. Your gait changing from an ankle injury you had years in the past. And it's those kind of things that people aren't really considering about their bodies. It's yeah. that you're not moving right. And even you may have like a short-term solution to this knee pain, mm-hmm. this theoretical knee pain. Um, the ultimate cause is still there. And you really got to address that before you kind of go towards these kind of therapeutic options, whether it be something like KT tape or some sort of massages. It's really about correcting your own movement. And that is so yeah. huge to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's your posture, the way you kind of live when you're outside of the gym, mm-hmm. it's more time that you spend in the gym. Right. Yeah. And that's the way you kind of live your life determines your ability to work inside the gym. And it kind of determines how you're going to feel when you leave the gym. Mm-hmm. So, so important. So a lot of these, the kind of fitness trends of these different products that are going to get rid of this area or mobilize this muscle, whatever, whatever. It's all great. It's good for pain relief for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is you've got to go at the cause and what is actually causing this in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, an interesting story I have about uh, kinetic tape in particular, 
And again, and I, I, I've never done research into it. I, it definitely has its, its, um, its importance. But you just see how the, the marketing can, can take place in the fitness industry and, and athletics. So I, um, one, one guy who was using kinetic tape was Tiger Woods, right? Especially earlier on in this year when he's been dealing with a lot of injury, right? I go down to watch my buddy play in a Division One college event, right? And there's, you know, probably 150 of these guys at top-level golf athletes, right? And there's a good chunk of these guys, and one thing I noticed, wearing kinetic tape, right? And it's because they saw the absolute idol of the game the best. doing that, the best at what he does, right? And then they're kind of doing that. And, I, I, and the reason I found that interesting is because I grew up playing competitive golf, and no one was wearing kinetic tape. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you, you wouldn't see it in any... I've never seen it before until Absolutely. Tiger Woods started using it, right? So it's, it's amazing how those little things, like... One thing in particular is like the uh, key, everyone's on the keto diet oh, right yeah. now, right? And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, they, they might not actually be in it, like they might not metabolize fat the way another person does and they could be, 100%. they could be leading themselves down a really bad path. For sure. It's, it's following the trends that is so huge now. Mm -hmm. You open your phone up, you go on YouTube, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook and you see so much targeted marketing towards whether it be correct this issue or look at this thing, look mm -hmm. at what Tiger's doing and. Tiger to me is like one of my idols too. Yeah. What he was able to do to kind of come back and figure out his body, like the lower back issues he had for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And it was crazy. He always talked about activating his glutes and I never really understood that back in the day. Mm -hmm. But he was really talking about just deriving power from kind of the right programming and the right movements. Yeah. And it, it was crazy. Like a, like a, such a high level, one of the best of all time, if not the best, was not moving right and not swinging right because he no, was driving yeah. so much torque on his lower back and not using his glutes as well mm -hmm. and it's crazy to me that those kind of things are are still prevalent and even the highest level athletes they are and, yeah and it's it's even the best athletes in the world sometimes don't move right yeah you know? um we actually have a lot of coaches at my gym that have flew out to miami about two weeks ago and okay and got um worked at this like private studio who works with like lebron james no way that's yeah sweet. it's it was pretty crazy and they talked about lebron I think a little bit a while back, he was going to take a whole entire season off of basketball mm -hmm. and to have like wow. this ridiculous back surgery back in 2016, maybe before he won the championship with Cleveland, maybe 2015. Okay. But this coach said, no, you don't need the surgery. Come to me. We're going to reprogram your movement. And he said, okay, whatever, whatever. And LeBron built him a house next to his house. They worked every single day. No way. Yep. And LeBron got another championship. Yeah. Reprogrammed his movement. And if you look at LeBron's workouts on Instagram, it's it's very interesting the way he moves. A lot of people in the comments. I gotta check it out. For sure, check yeah, it out. Yeah, I've never really done a study of LeBron. For sure, man. Look at does. his look at his back squats and look at the way he moves. A lot of people say that's that's not right. That's not right. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But he is moving the exact way that this kind of movement coach and a lot of people are preaching now is is moving the right way for your body. Mm -hmm. And it's it's crazy that there's so much information online. There's so many different workouts and so many different things, but. Nobody really knows the right way to move because you're not really told, like, right? Like, no, you're not. When you go to the gym, you don't get like a seminar, like, okay, this is how to squat, this is how to bench, this is how to whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's like your friend tells you, okay, no, do this, <laughs> do this. Like, yeah, just your bro, your bro is like, hey, man, this program's worked for me for years, just follow this, yeah. and you'll be good. And you don't even get to see yourself on video as well, no, too. No, right? And a lot of gyms, like, you don't want to, like, look at yourself, crack your neck, and look like you're trying to basically look at yourself squat when you're turning your neck to the side. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's very hard to almost look at your own movements. That's why mm -hmm. I like to film a lot of my workouts. It, yeah. It helps me just correct those little imbalances. Yeah. I recently started taking like a camera stand into the gym with me and people are giving me like the Absolutely. weirdest looks and I'm like, 
whatever. And now I'm at the point where it's like I'm just doing this for, you know, the, yeah. like, I want to make sure that I'm not causing an imbalance in myself, yeah. right? Uh, that's another thing that really fascinates me is, uh, is I'm, you know, I'm 26 years old, so I'm, like, I'm kind of, like, if you want to look at, like, the way a golfer is, I'm more in the prime of where my body should be. But I've started to experience really severe knee pains, back pain, neck pain, right, that I've, I've slowly been able to rehabilitate. And, and that's something that really fascinates me about those those true outlier athletes that are able to kind of defy logic with how late they play. Like examples that come to mind is Yarmar Yager. Uh, GSP is another one uh, in the UFC. Uh, Tiger is definitely another one. Even if you've recently been following Phil Mickelson and oh, his yeah. transformation that he's gone through. Uh, and that's, that's one thing I think that's that I see uh, working, I've worked in the corporate world, worked in, uh, in, in business. And there's, there's this belief by the, the time you get to the age of 40 or 50, that your body's done. Like as age goes, mm -hmm. your body goes. Right. And do you see that kind of mentality with people, uh, as you work with them? For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think with a lot of my older clients, the kind of saying I always hear is, Oh, I'm old. It's, mm -hmm. I, I just have this issue. I'm old. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just being almost resonated to the idea that this is how you're supposed to feel when you're older. Yeah. It's just not simply right. You mm -hmm. know, it's the way we live our lives. We're such sedentary human beings. We're beings that are supposed to live on our feet mm -hmm. that are now sitting every single day, working sedentary jobs, getting tighter. And it's those kind of things that add up and do cause people that hit their forties, hit their fifties. And they do have so many imbalances that hold them off from reaching their true potential mm -hmm. and almost feeling older than they actually are. Yeah. You know, you see Yager still playing hockey <laughs> like, and he's playing at a high level. I mm -hmm. seen a photo of him the other day. He's still shredded. He's still jacked. <laughs> he's like 45 now, man. He's like 40. Yeah, he's up there. He's 46. Maybe. Holy wow. That's he incredible. Mario Lemieux. Like he is, it's a long time ago Yeah. since mm -hmm. he was playing hockey. And yeah, he's an old boy now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And he's, um, he's still excelling. Yeah. And it's because they, a lot of those high level athletes, not only are they the 1% of the 1% of the genetic pool, which mm -hmm. means they already have a couple of advantages already, but they also have like the best trainers in the world working on them and people that yeah. are simply kind of excelling in the sports medicine world mm -hmm. where they understand how much work the human body needs versus how much recovery it needs. And I think a lot of people are really changing their training methods nowadays mm -hmm. when it comes to athletics. Like I know a lot of hockey players in their off seasons used to do like heavy, heavy back squats, really yeah. just working on the explosive power. Yeah. But now it's a lot of plyometrics and kind of that whole body strength, mm -hmm. improving kind of stability and strength everywhere. So you could be a stronger athlete overall. And that's why the game's getting faster. The game's getting a lot smaller guys because mm -hmm. it's not those big brutes that dominate the game anymore. It's, no, it's not. In, for a lot of sports, it's all about the speed. It's all about moving right. Yeah. It's all about being able to kind of go through that grueling season, whatever it may be. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, to really grind through it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's uh, one guy that I really um, admire in the way he trains is uh, PK Subban, and just seeing the like, the outdoor workouts he would do in Toronto, uh, he seems to be a guy that really is able to train smart, right? And that's that's one big thing um, that I was actually talking about this week, and I've been kind of getting that message with my own training because I've been really trying to go hard with hill sprints and mm -hmm. and trying to cut down a little bit more weight mm -hmm. is uh, the concept of train don't drain. And that's a big thing that Paul Cech is into with his uh, methodology is, and that's, I think it's, it's very easy to fall into the trap that, you know, I need to go to the gym seven days a week and pound it out. And, uh, that's the only way I'm going to get healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of like, there's a shift I think going on and it has to come from the athletes first. Cause those are the, pe the people that get looked toward 
as the examples of health and fitness. Set the standard. Set the standard, right? right? And and there's that there's that standard still out there though, where like you'd see, like the Ottawa Senators and the way they they remember they used to get on their bikes after the game and then yeah. they would they would like talk to the media as they're on the bike, Absolutely. right? Like and, and and that's kind of people learn from that and they're they're thinking like oh this guy just he did a one hour warm up four hour hockey game and then an hour on the treadmill mm-hmm. right or on the uh, well so it's an interesting concept to think about. Well, you look at the way different countries train their athletes i think a lot of this kind of shift is happening over in north america mm-hmm. when you look at the way american and canadian athletes are training but then you look overseas to somewhere like russia where they are still training and for a lot of um hockey athletes where it's still that boot camp mentality yeah in the khl there's a like three training sessions a day when it comes to camp and really it's, it's Man, those guys must be nuts <laughs> Man, it's legitimately insane it doesn't surprise me yeah and, but then you look at the high level talent coming out of russia it's not there anymore Mm-hmm. They've been passed by Sweden. They've been passed by Finland mm-hmm. in terms of hockey, and it's it's one of those things where you cannot destroy the body over and over and over and mm-hmm. re- expect results. Yeah, it's that recovery. I think is so so important mm-hmm. nowadays that taking time off the gym and reducing your weight you lifted, the intensity of your sessions every week by week is so so important because you got to give your body kind of time to rebound and time to actually build muscle and build and recover Mm -hmm. it's a lot of uh, a lot of impact that we put into our bodies so you got to give it that time off yeah and one thing i think that is important to note and i think we're getting at the same point here with recovery is that to me i think the proper way to recover is to do active recovery uh larry hamilton the famous surfer is big on that where he does a lot of work in the pool on his off days and even on his, his on days he's pretty much transferred to a whole pool kind of movement thing and he, he might only spend you know 30 minutes on an off day stretching or an hour stretching or maybe it's just a day where you need total off but I think people get it mixed sometimes with recovery where uh, it's just a, you know a recovery means a sedentary kind of sitting there so what, what would you prescribe to someone who's going through like a an off day after their big lift? For sure so let's say you had something like a five-day program mm-hmm. so let's say you did so Some, Monday to Friday? Monday to Friday. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, let's see, the upper body, lower body, full mm-hmm. body. And then your Tuesday and Thursday was something like maybe speed-based workout and kind of working more kind of muscular endurance. I think one of the best ways would, let's say you're, let's say you're doing maybe four weeks of regular training where you're kind of really keeping those three days a week, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, bodybuilding sessions, very, very intense. Mm-hmm. You're kind of increasing the weight week to week. After this period, it'd be almost really really great for your body to decrease the intensity of those sessions and bring the intensity of the speed component up so it's kind of focusing on different aspects of fitness and kind of giving your body time to recover from the different aspect you just kind of hit so it's giving your body time to recover from the bodybuilding part Mm -hmm. focus on the speed okay then you do speed training for a little bit while keeping the bodybuilding aspect decrease the speed a little bit, bring the bodybuilding back up. And it's kind of training your body in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's a step-loading plan. If okay. It's a periodization model. Um, but I'm going to look that up. For sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one, one of the best books ever is uh, it's just The Theory of Periodization by Tudor Vlampa. It's a pretty old book, but... Oh, man, where's that guy's name from? He, he, Paul Cech has talked about him in one of his podcasts. He, he's yeah. pretty fantastic what mm-hmm. he's done in terms of periodizing training and how to actually create like a training model. Uh-huh. What what time you need off and yeah. how many weeks of training you need to kind of excel. So it's kind of working on one aspect for a couple weeks while having another aspect almost in the background, bringing that other aspect in the background back up. And it's mm-hmm. kind of almost like a balancing act between different aspects of fitness. And then you could excel in all different areas. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I did this summer. I really focused on 
kind of increasing my speed, increasing my aerobic stability and mobility, mm-hmm. and decreasing my bodybuilding. But now in this current phase, I'm bringing that back up, trying to put a little bit more size on, decreasing my speed, and I could notice the different changes in my body because I gave it that time to rest. I gave it that time of active rest where I was still in the gym working, but not working on the exact same thing over and over and over. So That's pretty cool. I, I, yeah. I want to look into that book. For sure. And, uh, that's definitely a book that I, that was actually my next question. Talk about sort of some of the resources and um, yeah. that that you've kind of uh, that you've kind of dived into that have really been changing for you. Actually, you know what? I I remember now where uh, Tudor Bompa is. In, is it Tudor Bompa? Tudor Bompa or Bompa? Yes. He he was a big influence for Matt Nickel, who was the ex trainer of the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. uh, and and the guy who founded BioSteel. Like yes. that, that guy's pretty. Uh, and actually, the connection to Matt Nickel is that he he was Paul Check's student, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool kind of correlation. Oh, everything's connected, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in saying that, is there any other uh, just to kind of close out? Is there any other resources that have been big for you that you kind of push your students towards to take a take a look at? For sure. Um, one book I read in particular, it's called "Becoming a Supple Leopard." And man, that that's on the tip of my tongue. I've heard of that book before. Great too. book yeah. by Dr. Kelly Starrett. Mm-hmm. He is kind of a guru when it comes to mobilization okay and it's a book that goes into moving right it's kind of breaks down every single exercise in the gym to seven distinct movement patterns and basically saying if you can master these movement patterns that include a squat a hip hinge um, an overhead movement and many others Mm -hmm. then you could do any workout possible Hmm. and it's kind of clearing the imbalances that stop people from moving right and he goes into a list of hundreds of stretches hundreds of mobilizations you can start acting basically adding into your daily routines 10 minutes a day to kind of clear these asymmetries and get back to moving right. So I love that book. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome read. Um, the Periodization book by Tudor Vampa is also great. I got some reading to do. <laughs> yes. Classic book is also Myofascial Lines. It's okay. by um, Paul, oh, I forget his name right now, but it's basically the interconnectivity of the body. Mm-hmm. And it goes into that not every muscle is kind of one individual unit that's working. Like if you want to do a bicep curl, people think it's just the bicep that yeah. just brings your arm up. Not really. It's the, there's so many different muscles that are working together to kind of create this one movement. And it goes into, if you want to release tension in entire areas of the body, it's kind of these whole body different workouts and stretches that kind of reprogram the way you move and kind of clear up asymmetries all around the body and not mm. just at individual muscles. So I love that book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've been reading lately. I always kind of like to direct people towards just like watching videos online that kind of break down mobilizations and stretches. And Kelly Starrett, the author of um, Becoming a Supple Leopard, actually breaks down a lot of his stretches online. So Okay. Whenever somebody has kind of trouble with a specific movement or they're like, oh, my knee's having a little bit of pain right here, mm-hmm. I'll say, I'll direct them to a video that where he kind of breaks it down and then we can kind of work on it in our next session. So Yeah, like I think that. that's a big, uh, that's a huge thing for people now because I think a lot of uh, the way people consume their content is through video. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there's, there's something to be said about having that visual aspect that's a lot more digestible in a three minute thing where uh, like if you have plantar fasciitis, you can fix it right away by Absolutely. listening to the proper video. So that's huge. Uh, cool, man. So uh, where can uh, where can people find you online? Like how can people connect with you to book a session? Best way is on Instagram. So cool. at Alex D. Ward, W-A-R-D for Ward, or at, at Hamilton Fitness Academy. You'll basically find me on both. I go into a lot of stretches. I go into mobilizations. Sometimes I just talk about aspects about fitness, but kind of the main thing is kind of working back and forth with people and mm-hmm. um, 
kind of reprogramming our bodies to move right. That's kind of what I talked about a lot. And it's, it's kind of one of the biggest things that I try to keep in mind, no matter the training session, no matter who I'm working with. And mm-hmm. it's kind of getting everybody back to kind of the level that I know they can achieve mm-hmm. and kind of excelling every single day. So you can reach me on there. Awesome. You come into the gym. We're right next to Lambridge Mall in Hamilton. So, yeah. Let's Beauty, go. man. Yeah, we got to awesome. do this again, dude. For I, sure, I've got to make some For notes sure. on this. Yeah, i got some stuff to digest. That's Absolutely, awesome. Absolutely, man. Cool, man. Awesome. Thank you.